quickly say something controversial. <laughs> to the Pine of Politics podcast. It's been a while since I've said that. It's been about three weeks since I said that, to be exact. Um, so sorry, you know, to all our loyal fans for the for the absence that we've subjected you to. Um, you know, last week I was moving house, a bit hectic. Week before, uh, I was, it was Daniel's birthday. I was down there for her birthday. So it's just not really happened. But, you, you know, we're back, we're settled. Um, we're tired because England are in the final of the Euros so uh, we're all feeling a bit ropey I think well I say we're all I'm only here I'm only joined by uh, by Liam how are you mate very very well mate very good what a night last night was Jesus Christ as we all are as we all are uh, to be fair I think actually since we last did a podcast that the the atmosphere around the country has gone has gone quite uh, quite upbeat you know it's since the last podcast you know Matt Hancock was re- resigned from his position as health secretary. Um, they announced that, you know, July the 19th is going to be the date where pretty much all restrictions do end. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been good. And obviously England are, are going to the final of a major competition for the first time since 1966. First time in my lifetime, first time in my dad's lifetime. It's, it's mental. Um, so yeah, you know, it's all, it's all looking a bit positive, I guess. Uh, Oh, and Liam's been banned from Twitter in that time as well. <laughs> what happened there, mate? Uh, well, to be fair, I've had a few warnings off it. Like in the past few months, they've like banned, they banned me for like a day, and then they banned me for like a week, and then it was like they basically banned me for hate speech. They said, which is a load of bollocks. Like all I said was that Tony Blair was a cunt. So that was it. It's not that, that bad, to be fair. I don't that, think that's much of a controversial opinion either. I think it's pretty much like the majority of people would agree with that, regardless yeah. of your political uh, position. But yeah, they they uh, I just got banned and I can't really bother to make a new one. So I'm just gonna gonna fair go with fair. that. And I must admit, my missus said to me before she's gone like she said, "Oh, have you heard about this? Have you heard about this?" And I was like, "No, no." And then she said, "Whenever I used to ask you questions like, have you heard about this?'" I'd always be like, "Yeah, I've seen it." Or "Yeah, I've seen it." Now she's like, "I've noticed that you." you basically don't know anything yeah. you're out of the you're out of the loop mate that's it twitter to be fair mate it's, it's been quite um like i don't know i have missed it a little bit i've missed the social aspects of it but it's been quite refreshing just being like not being in the loop and just I've, it's been a lot less stressful because like the first thing i usually would do is wake up check my twitter or whatever yeah 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 just read something that's just like this is a joke or like i can't believe they're getting away with this but I've just been waking up and just been like, well, I'm just going to like put some TV on, which isn't news related. Yeah, and yeah. It's been, it's been nice, mate. I'm not going to lie. Good for you. Good for your mental health, mate, I reckon. It actually probably, has been, right. mate, honestly. Yeah, don't right. realise how much social media affects you as a person until you just don't have it. And obviously yeah. I'd quite like, like my, um, it took me years to build up like a follower. Like I'd had like 2,000 odd followers, 2,300 followers or something. So it took me years to like build up like a, a decent network of people on there. Yeah. So like my feed was full of all different sorts of opinions and whatnot. So like, yeah, I saw loads of things on there every day. And it's, yeah, it's been weird not being in the loop, but it's been, yeah, it's been nice. It actually has. Not bad, not bad. Um, we'll jump in with what we're drinking. Um, I'm just going to set out here and say I'm drinking a water. Uh, this is the first episode of the podcast where I've not had a beer or any sort of alcoholic beverage. But last night got the better of me. You know, it's not not every day you see your team gets to the, the final of a major competition. So, uh, well, your country even, it's even better, I think. Um, 
yeah so i'm i'm drinking water i'm sorry if that's uh if that's upsetting people people are probably uh clicking off now and they're going you know what? he's he's a fraud it's no longer the pint of politics it's now the water of politics for this episode only um yeah can't hack it I'll, I'll hold my hands up here liam what about yourself mate well, I was going to come in here and just outright lie that I was having uh, having a drink to make myself not look like a soft bastard, but I'm also drinking water. So what I'm going to do, just so the uh, the listeners aren't completely starved of um, of alcoholic opinions, uh, I, I tried this beer the other night, and it's uh, called it's by Vocation Brewery, and it's a bre- uh, it's a blueberry and waffle stout, six point nine percent. Mate, it blows your socks off, and it's uh, really good. So shout out to um, to Vocation Brewing, yeah. Anyone, uh, if you see a breakfast club 2.0, it's called 6.9% blueberry and waffle style. Get onto it. Sounds so, very yeah. interesting. A bit of blueberry in a, in, a, in a beer. I've never thought about that before, but there you go. And, uh, it does work. It um, sounds quite nice, yeah. Yeah, man. I'll, I'll take like you to the this weekend and uh, you can try one. Yeah, I like the sort of experimental uh, experimental side of beer. You know, I quite like that. Mm. Trying new flavours and stuff. All good. Um, so the first thing we're going to talk about is... Uh, this the news basically last week. I think it was the first Boris Johnson press conference that didn't make me want to rip my hair out. Uh, actually, the opposite. It uh, basically Boris Johnson announced that uh, masks and social distancing and things like that are the last stage of the lockdown easing, which is scheduled to be July the nineteenth. He announced that basically that that will be uh, that'll be scrapped. So there'll be no more masks. Well, no, no legal requirements wear masks and no legal requirements social distance and things like that uh what did you make of that that news liam were you uh were you happy about that are you gonna continue to wear a mask or is this sort of no definitely not i actually had a bit of a beef with uh, my boss at work the other day because after i'd got my second vaccination i just was like i was in work one day i was having a pretty bad shift as it was and i was like i'm not wearing this anymore so i just took it off and obviously i work in a shop um, and the manager who was on that night said, you've got to wear it and all this. And I was like, nah, I'm done with it, mate. I've had both my vaccinations. I'm just not wearing them. So then he then told the big boss. So then the next time the big boss was in work, he like fully kicked off with me about it. And I was just like, I'm not wearing it anymore. And then, yeah, he basically just said, oh, you have to and blah, blah. And it was like a big scene. So in the end, I just had to wear it because it's easier for me. But yeah, I just yeah. thought this is the stage where we're at as a country now, where it's like, I said to him, I was like, what logical sense does it make to you? I was like, I've had both my vaccinations. And I don't want to wear a mask anymore. I was like, it doesn't make sense. At what point does this end? Yeah. So the fact that we've actually got a date now and they're sticking to it, I fully agree with. I mean, I'm not opposed to people. If I'm a big believer in you can do what you want. You've got free choice. You can go where you want. You can be whoever you want. So yeah, if yeah. people want to wear masks, if that makes you feel happy, wear a mask. Me personally, I'm never going to wear one again in my life. I mean barring like probably the birth of my child or something. I'm not going to say never, but yeah. you know I mean, like in the situation that it is now, I will never wear a mask again. I'm just completely opposed to it. It looks ridiculous. It's bad for your skin on your face as well. Yeah, that's um, true, actually. Yeah, and like, mate, honestly, the flare-ups I've had like around my mouth, it's horrible. Um, and yeah, I just think that like, how much how like, how like much do they actually do as well? Well, this is the thing as well with, with, with the whole mask uh, mandate and stuff. Before masks were mandated in the UK for, you know, public transport and things like that, I think it was public transport first. And then they said for shops and indoor sort of spaces. Before that was a thing, we had the likes of Chris Whitty and Patrick Valance, and you can go back and find this footage, them saying this actually doesn't have any effect. 
that you know the evidence is is not strong at all in favour of wearing masks. There's evidence for both sides, but there but because there's evidence for both sides, you can't therefore claim that there is a strong argument in favor because there's also arguments that say well actually you can't outright prove that masks do anything to stop the rate of transmission uh, of of airborne diseases and airborne viruses it's not necessary and this is the thing people are just people seem to have unwavering faith in their in their masks and if and if you do that's fair enough but then why should i have to wear one if you're so confident in the in your own mask that you're wearing and you're going to continue to wear that's fine why should I have to wear one? Surely if your mask is so effective as you believe it to be, why should I then have to wear one around you? Because that, that would imply that you don't think actually they're as effective uh, as, as, they should, as they could be, as, as you claim they are. So, yeah, like you say, it's, it's completely about freedom of choice. The thing I've really hated seeing as a result, like after this announcement and things, is people going, oh, you'll know after July the 19th, the people who don't wear masks are selfish, horrible bastards. And the people who do are conscientious people who care about others. I've said this before on here. Who is there left to protect at this point? Everyone has been, who's vulnerable has been double jabbed months ago. Uh, plus I think over half the, the UK population, including children, obviously children haven't been vaccinated, but the, the entire population, over half the entire population have been double vaxxed now. Who's left, who is there to protect? Or at least been offered it. So the only people yeah. who aren't vaccinated now pretty much or haven't been booked for a vaccination are people who have chosen not to, which, again, I have no issue with. If you don't want to get vaccinated, don't get vaccinated. Who am I to force a vaccination on you? I personally have been vaccinated mm. because I think, to be honest, the main reason I've been vaccinated is more for travel. If, if yeah. they say you can only travel if vaccinated, well, fine. And I'm not one of these anti-vaxxers and all that because people, people now who are like, oh, yeah, I'm not having the vaccine, you don't know what's in it. Everyone had the jabs in school for like, what was it? Ta um, tetanus, I think. Yeah, tetanus yeah. and all that. Everyone had the jabs then and no one said anything. So yeah. I'm not like opposed to that. But yeah, like... All this masks... The, the majority of people in this country are opposed to wearing masks when it comes to social settings like the football, going to the pub, going out for meals, stuff like that, gigs, anything like that. The yeah. majority of people are like, yeah, no masks. But the majority of people are in favour for still wearing them on public transport, mm. which again doesn't really make sense to me because it's like, oh, you go and stand in a field of like fifty thousand people and you're not bothered. But if you go on the public transport, you want to, like, it's yeah, the whole thing is just is just nuts. But again, if people want to wear masks, I know that like a lot of I've, I've seen even before COVID, living in a big city like Manchester, a lot of like Asian people, like Chinese, um, Vietnamese, they used to wear masks just walking down the street anyway. And I always yeah. used to think, like, why do they wear masks? And apparently it's because of, like, the pollution in China. Pollution, really bad. Yeah. So they all wear masks when, well, not all of them, but a lot, of, a lot of people wear masks in China. And then naturally they just do it out of habit or whatever. It is. So pe people can do what they like. I've never said, like, he shouldn't be wearing a mask. We're in England. Like, but equally, if you want to wear one, fine. But don't tell me that I have to as well. Yeah, that's, that's, that's basically the, the crux of it, isn't it, really? It's, it's personal choice. And I think, we, you know, we've hit the nail on the head again, like, it's... It's a case of if you want to wear one, if that makes you feel better about your life, if that makes you feel safer, even though there's a little evidence that suggests it does actually make you safer, then that's fair enough. Um, if you don't, then don't. That's fine. It's not. I, I, it's people have. It's become as well. The whole mask wearing thing has become like a whole thing about people trying to exercise power over other people. There, there is gen. There are people who like work in like pubs and 
you know, shops and things like that. And um, a majority of them are just doing it because it's their job. You know, they maybe have to say, oh, you know, put a mask on or whatever. But there are people who genuinely enjoy doing it. Like, I remember in, um, I was in Liverpool a few weeks ago um, and like we was in it, we were just in a shop. And like, it, like it wasn't even it wasn't like a pub. Like the main places you get asked to do track and trace are in pubs, and yeah, like all the sh- like shops and that retail, they have them in the windows and at the tills and stuff. But you don't actually do it. And this woman like genuinely like stopped us and was like, "Oh, can can you do the track and trace, please, just to make us feel all safe?" And I was like, oh, "Mate, like, no, like I'm not, yeah. I'm, I'm not it's, doing it." It's worse when you like, like say say if it's just some I don't know some kid behind a bar and they've been told by the manager like you need to start telling people whatever like oh do you mind just putting your mask on that I can sort of, it's like even though I'm a bit like fuck off mate like I can understand why they're doing it yeah. it's a strange job but it's the ones that are like can you put your mask on please have you not heard there's a pandemic on the go or yeah something like literally that? It's like, yeah hey, have a day off like yeah they just it's the people who like make it a big scene and melt like, you can tell the difference can't you you can tell the difference between people who don't really care and don't really want to be telling you but they have to mm. and the people who actually want to tell you because they think it makes them like some sort of big conscientious yeah. you know savior of the world kind of person to be honest we're told to tell people who come in the shop like to wear masks mate i don't tell anyone like i'm going out of my way to do it. i don't agree with it yeah, so why, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not going to sell myself out. Like I'm selling myself out enough by having to wear the bloody thing for work. Yeah. So I'm not going to then sell myself out even more to be like, can you put a mask on? Can you put a mask on? Or if people come in the shop, like we're, we're supposed to hand masks out if anyone's not wearing one. And like, mm. even if like, I just don't even hand one out. And then like, if someone comes in and they ask me like, oh, have you got a spare mask? Even then I'm just like, it's fine, just come in. Like I won't even say yeah, that. Yeah, like, yeah. We've got some in, I'm like, mate, just come in. Like, Yeah, literally. It's, it's just, it's so pointless and, yeah, it's it's this whole thing. Like it's it's well, people go, oh, you only have to wear them for, you know, a couple of an hour at a time, maybe you're in a shop or whatever, or a, a half an hour if you're doing your weekly shop. People are actually forgetting the fact that people who work in retail and people who work in hospitality, like me, you work in retail. You mm. have to wear them the entire shift. Like you're eight working hours, in a, an eight-hour, nine-hour shift, maybe even longer. You you got a mask on. It's they're a pain in the ass. They are. It's and as well. It sounds like so like ridiculous, but I, it's not e- equally. Another thing for me that why I don't like them is because they make your glasses steam up. Does my tits in every? You're trying to like talk to people and you're trying to engage with sort of customers and things like that, and you can barely see them half the time because you, you're having to you know wipe your glasses and shit because because they're all steamed up. It's horrible. And yeah, I definitely won't be wearing one um, once it's not a legal requirement. Yeah, the minute it turns. Yeah. Start, they're just going to be going straight in the bin yeah the literally it's, it's, it's not it's nothing to do with how selfish of a person I am it's a, it's a personal choice and that's what <laughs> the whole thing should have been about from the start you know it's, it's all about, always been about personal cho- well it hasn't always been about personal choice but it should have been um, but yeah it's, it's been it's been quite the reaction though I think to a lot of the uh, to, to obviously the announcement that the restrictions are going to be completely removed. A lot of people citing the fact that we're getting a lot of cases at the moment, um, which, no is, which is true. Yeah, like, and, and coronavirus is the only disease or illness that I've ever seen in my entire life that's tracked on a daily basis of how many cases there are. When the flu comes out every year, it's not, oh, we've got 5,000 more cases of the flu today. People just don't even pay attention to it. Like, I mean... I'm guessing you could go online and ha- like if you wanted to look into it and see how many people have cancer in the UK or something. Yeah. But it's not like, oh, 500 more cases of cancer. To, like, So why are we doing it for corona? The only thing is, I mean, I understand it at the start because it was like no one knew what was going on. So it's like we need mm. to track this. But now it's like all it's doing by finding out the cases now 
is to scare people. Like, yeah, what's the point of it? Because no one's dying. They're like, and I've noticed now, it's not like how many people have died every day. It's just the amount of cases. Whereas before, it's like a thousand people have died in the UK today. Now it's just like fifty thousand cases, and then it's like, oh, well, how many people have died this week? Oh, four people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and when you look into it further, it's like, and none of them were vaccinated. Yeah. And it's like, well, like obviously, I'm not saying they deserve to die. Far from it. But it was their choice to not get vaccinated. So then, if then yeah. they then die from said disease that they've chosen not to get vaccinated, then that's on them. Do you know what I mean? That's not on us as a country or on me or on anyone else. That's on them for exercising their right to not be vaccinated against something that is quite clearly here. But it's not an issue as long as you take the right precautions and you've had your jobs. Mm. Yeah, that's that's exactly that's exactly the thing. It's you know with uh, with the whole sort of. The, the panic about this is is coming out of the fact that we've got so many more cases, which of course, like we do, we have a lot of, we're getting a lot of cases at the moment. That's, uh, you know, you can't deny that, but it's important to note as well. Cases aren't necessarily ill people for a start. Cases are just people who've tested positive. They might, they might have, they might have it bad. They might do, they, you know, they might be in hospital. There are people in hospital, not a, not a lot, but there are still people in hospital with it. Fair play. But there will be people who have absolutely no symptoms, uh, feel fine and can still go about their day and, have tested positive and are self-isolating. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, I, I did notice the whole thing as well with the, with the deaths not being reported. Like yesterday, I was watching, I was watching just BBC was on. So the new BBC was on. I don't do it often, but you know, it was just on in the background. And like they were doing, they they showed a graph for the cases, which obviously looks something like you know up a bit in March, then massive up in the winter that's just gone, then down a bit, and then back up a bit now. Sort of quite a decent spike i guess um didn't show a graph of the deaths because that would have probably looked something like up a, up a bit at the start down a bit over last summer up again in the winter and then down and it's stayed at a very consistent low level since probably february um so this is what i mean it's, it's all about trying to control the message and control the sort of the facade and keep this facade up that we you know we're in some sort of dangerous pandemic when actually it's not the case at all and you know i, I find it quite stunning seeing all these people come out and go oh, oh i when uh when restrictions are lifted I'll, I'll continue to wear a mask like i'll continue social distance i can't believe the government are doing this it's absolutely disgraceful we're going to kill so many people we're not right really, for, we're, for, we're not are we? for starters we're not it's just it's just this sort of like mass panic like i'm 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 so stunned uh, how many people are so averse to the thought of normal life coming back? I can understand it from people who have actually gained out of this pandemic. Like I'm talking about the kind of scientists um, who have like had their profiles raised a lot throughout this. All the people who are in like Sage and all those melts over there, right? I can understand what they what they gain out of this, you know, nightmare being prolonged. But I don't understand what you know the average you know, Joe on the street has to get, he sits there going, oh, I don't want this to happen. Well, that's fine. Don't participate in it then. You can go, you can still wear a mask all the time. You can still social distance from everyone if you want to do so, but don't lend subject everyone else to the same awful dystopia that you seem so weirdly to enjoy because for yeah. some reason you're too risk averse to actually yeah. engage in normal life. I'd love to know how much, you know, to what extent these people 
uh, are scared of other things other than COVID. You know, you, statistically, you could get in a car and be killed in a car crash on a, on a motorway. You know, these people sitting there go every time they get in the car going, well, I don't know, we should be taking more traffic yeah. precautions. Everything comes with risk in life. Everything yeah. comes with risk. But it doesn't mean that you have to live your life in fear. And this is the main the main problem with it. It's just, it's ridiculous. And I hope that when July 19th does come, if these people who want to socially distance and wear masks and all that, then fine, do what you want. But if I, for a single minute, go to a footy game, a gig, or in the pub even, and someone's like, can you make sure he's like, not even staff, like a, a customer in there says to me, oh, can you just, so, I'd be like, go home, mate, go mm. home. Like, I don't want, like, no why are you out if you're that scared why are you out in the pub yeah but that's, this is the thing as well people people weirdly seem to think it's their right to tell other people what to do and it, it made me think of a story just then when you said that it made me think of when i was it was back in april i was in the library at my uni um i don't think i've told this story in the podcast but i was back at, i was in the library at my uni just doing work and stuff and all the seats are like social distance so you don't sit next to anyone like it's all like two meters between all the desk space and all that kind of stuff and obviously you have, to, you have to wear a mask the entire time in, in the library even when you're sitting down. Um, but obviously, like I mentioned earlier, my glasses steam up a little bit when I've got a, when I've got a mask on. Right. So I just, I just, I had it on still. I just put it like below my nose so I could read what I was trying to write down on the laptop, whatever I was doing an essay or some shit. Um, and there was a girl sitting sort of diagonally opposite to me. Still, like, I mean, not even just two meters away, at least three or four meters away, I'd say. Um, and she was like staring at me, and I could see her looking at me in like my peripheral vision. I was like, fuck, like, what's she looking at? So I looked, I looked at her, and she was like, can you put your mask on properly, please? And I was like, why? And she was like, because it's the rules. I was like, yeah, but I'm nowhere near anyone. What harm is it doing? I'm just trying to read this. Like my glasses get a bit, and I just and I, and it really like I didn't really think about it at the, at the time. I I just sort of, I think I did put it on properly. Like for the remainder of the time she was there after that, but then like she left after half an hour, so I just did whatever I wanted again. But I just I once I got back home, I thought the absolute audacity of that. Imagine imagine that any other situation, me telling someone else or some random person I've never met what they should wear and how they should wear it. Imagine I went up to you. Imagine I went up to like you in the street. You didn't know me, and I went, "Mate, you shouldn't be wearing that jumper. That looks really shit. Can you work? Can you please put something else on? I don't like that." Proper weird, isn't it? Like it's yeah. just, it's it. It was just straight. And this is the thing. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be so, so, so glad when these people no longer have this power because they have mm. pissed me off for the last eighteen months. And I am so, so glad that they're sort of horrible version of normality that they love so much is being shattered. And I'm absolutely loving seeing all the meltdown on Twitter. I think it's absolutely hilarious. I've, uh, I've got one better than you on that. Listen to this one for a story, mate. So this shows, this shows how little I was asked about COVID after like six months of it going on when I realised that it was just a bit of a, bit of a swizz at this point, I thought. Me and, uh, me and two of the boys decided to book a, book a trip to Naples, right? So anyway, we've um, we've gone out there, had a great time in, in Italy. Big uh, shout out, Sam and Ali and River, what a trip. But anyway, so anyway, we've gone back to the airport on the way home. We had to wear masks and everything. We've got on the plane, right? I, could, I still to this day can't believe that this woman had the audacity to say this. So we're like, we're like so they said over the tannoy on the flight, like you can only take your mask down if you're eating or if you're drinking. The rest of the time it's got to be on. So it's just, well, play with the rules or whatever. Um, anyway, my mate was like playing a game on his phone and he um, and he took his mask down to have a drink. And because he was playing a game on, the, on his phone, he like 
had his drink, put the put the lid back on, and then just like quickly pulled his mask up, and like the mask was like probably just slightly below his nose. It wasn't like it wasn't out. Do you know what I mean? It's just like a little yeah, bit underneath. Yeah, yeah. And this woman, mate, turned round. The the plane was packed, by the way. It was fully packed. It was like a sold out plane. And this American woman, she turned around and she went, everyone's getting really fucking nervous. Can you just put your mask on properly like this, like in front of everyone, mate? And then everyone started looking. And then like, and my mate just like looked at her and I was just like, who are you to tell him what to do? And she was like, just do as you fucking told and all this. And I was like, and she was like, everyone's getting really nervous. Everyone's staring. I was like, the only reason everyone's staring is because you're making a scene. I was like, what are you actually going to do if he doesn't? I was like, it's literally, he's playing a game. Look, so I don't want to hear excuses. Proper like running the mouth and that. So I was like, what are you going to do if he doesn't pull up? She's like, I'm going to go and tell the air hostess. So I was like, oh, oh no, don't go and tell the air hostess. Like, do you know what I mean? And she was like proper kicking off. And then my mate just said like, if you're that scared, why are you on a flight? Mm. Like you're American. So you've obviously been to Italy. Like, why are you on a flight? Yeah. And then she's like, me and all this. And she turned around and then actually heard her having a conversation with the woman next to her about it. And then she was like, oh, I'm flying back to Germany and all this. So it's like, you're American and you've been to Italy and then you go into Germany. So mm. you're traveling cross continental to go around Europe, to Italy of all places, which was one of the worst places at the start of the pandemic. And then you go into Germany afterwards and you're crying because of someone with a mask on. You're obviously not that scared to be flying all over the planet. So it yeah. must just be a power trip. You want to just cause a scene in front of it. And it was just like, and then like, after we got off the plane, I thought about it more. And I was like, the actual cheek of her to say that when she's like, oh, mate, honestly, I was so angry about it afterwards. It yeah. probably stayed with me. And even now I'm like thinking about it. And it's like just the, the complete lack of logic to what yeah. she was complaining about. Yeah, no, it, it, that's what I mean. And it's it's that kind of thing that I'll be so, so glad when these people can no longer do that and it be sort of just accepted as normal. Like, that's a, that's the worst thing about it. I think people are just like, oh, yeah, that's fine. She's allowed to... Probably most people on the plane would be like, oh, fair enough. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's wrong. It's all wrong. And uh, I think we can all celebrate the fact that these people are no longer uh, going to be having their own way from yeah. July the 19th. Hopefully, hopefully fingers the fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, tweet of the week. Have you got one, Liam? Well, I've been banned, on I? So... Oh, shit, yeah. I'm, oh, for I'm fuck's gone, sake, yeah, this, whole but... segment, this whole segment's redundant. Um... Nah, to be fair, I did actually see one on, on Instagram. So, like, usually when Instagram gets the good tweets, yeah, yeah. I've been on Twitter for, like, a week already. So my tweets of the week are probably going to be, like, the tweet of the week before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in fact, nah, it's got to be up to date because because uh, of the England game last night. What was it, it, it basically said, said something along the lines of, if I see anyone eating Dolmio this week, you're getting chinned. This is... <laughs> <laughs> this is war this is war I was like yeah man I like that yeah that's quite funny to be fair my, my tweet of the week was actually a video um, you might have seen it it was on Good Morning Britain and it was uh, Susan Meachie who's like one of the sage advisors or whatever um, incidentally also a member of the communist party in, in the UK like she's a communist she's been outspoken about the fact she's a communist and um, I can't remember the name of the bloke on GMB obviously it's not Piers Morgan anymore um, there's another another guy on there. He que- he basically questioned her about whether her support of lockdown is actually fueled by her communist beliefs and the fact that like she supports communist states and stuff like oppressive communist states and shit like that. And she just completely flapped it. Um, she demanded like an apology from GMB about it because she didn't think she should have been questioned about that. Which is weird because if if a far right neo Nazi scientist, right? She's a scientist, fair enough. 
if a far right, you know, neo-Nazi scientist was suddenly advocating a policy of, you know, like culling the weak in society or something like that, then I'm pretty sure their views would be questioned, rightly so, would be questioned, you know, as to why they have this belief, right? Why they're pursuing this policy. I don't think it's unreasonable to ask someone a question about their political views, which they've been outspoken about. Um, and, you know, she, can't, she was sitting there going, well, I'm, I'm here as a scientist. I'm here as a scientist, here as a scientist. You can't claim that her, her, her science is not, you know, in the, in the slightest bit impacted by the fact that she's got these communist beliefs. It's ridiculous. Um, I, I agree with what you're saying there because, like, a lot of science is obviously, science is science, so a lot of it is fact, but there's no way you can't tell me that certain science isn't politicised. Like, your political beliefs swing how you interpret science. Yeah. Because, like, facts are facts, aren't they? But it's like the stuff of the cases thing. So, yeah, there is a lot of cases, but then you can use that however you want. Like, me personally, I, I'm a believer of, like, being free. So I'm going to be like, well, yeah, there's these cases, but there's no one dying, so therefore it doesn't matter how many cases there are. Whereas she could, like you just said, then if she's in, in favour of, like, oppressive communist states and stuff, then... She's obviously going to be like, well, these cases mean that we should do this. Yeah. So yeah, yeah exactly. I agree with what you're saying there. That that's crazy. Yeah, I've, I've read about her before. She seems like a bit of a bit of a, nut a fucking person. lunatic, yeah. honestly, yeah. absolute lunatic. Um, but yeah, we'll move on to uh, basically. Obviously, I mentioned earlier Matt Hancock a couple of weeks ago resigned. I wasn't really going to talk about it in a full like length segment because just I think it's it's kind of old news now, and it really it's been a couple of weeks. Um, that since it happened, obviously it's great news. Um, replaced by Sajid, Sajid Javid, easy for you to say, um, who's obviously a lot more sort of anti-lockdown, which seems to be nice. And I guess uh, he, his influence might have influenced the sort of decision we've had recently to uh, abandon all like current restrictions on the 19th, which is obviously good. Um, but yeah, Matt Hancock resigned. He obviously brought us no no end of cringe moments, including up to the point where obviously he he resigned. Um, you know, no end of cringe moments, funny moments, like well, funny, but in a sort of painful way. You know, when something's funny, but you're also like, Jesus Christ, this is actually real. Um, yeah. yeah, you know it's them ones. A, it's not a character on a cartoon like this. Yeah, show, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it'd be funny if it was like a sketch, like, like out of the like thick a, of it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, like, Alan Park yeah, yeah, yeah. But it isn't, and it's real, so it's funny, but it's also not very funny. Um, so yeah, I, I thought we'd, I'd, I'd ask what your favourite Matt Hancock moment was, uh, if any, was your favourite Matt Hancock moment. I've got one, but I'll ask you first. The, run, the running away when he was about to be questioned about Dominic Cummins was pretty funny. Yeah, just because of how partridge it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like get vaccinated and then he runs off and he even gives like the little Does a little wave, wave. Doesn't he? and it's like it's so crazy the thing about Hancock as well is I just can't believe that out of all the things that he could have gone for it's because he was shagging some bird that's the thing that's like been the end of him you'd have and never like, you'd have never thought that would you you never like bet on that at a bookies like what's Matt Hancock gonna get sacked for test and trace PPE rising cases yeah. all that shit that you possibly could have gone for shagging a woman Probably not one of them. It's like I was amazed that he fucking even he was married him to begin with. And the thing that surprised me about um about the other one, the the one he was he was nailing his age, is the fact that like her husband is like a millionaire or whatever. 
she's like got a load of money. So it's not as if she's doing it for a few quid. She's genuinely feeling Matt Hancock. Yeah, I saw that. What the fuck, man? Like, how can you? And even the video itself, it just looks so awkward. Yeah, it, it it was one of the first like things I saw. I woke up. On like, I think it was the Friday it got released or something, wasn't it? And I woke up and I was like, literally, well, that was I went on Twitter as I always do um, in the morning, and I was, I was the first thing I saw, and I thought, Jesus Christ, I want to be sick. It was awful. Oh, it was horrible, mate. It, it was horrible. So slimy, isn't he? Like, he is a proper slimy guy. But I mean, you know, part of me respects the fact that he's the mess of a man he is and can still pull. That's, I mean, you know, part of you's got to be like, well, do you know what? It's not bad form, is it? And the thing is, she wasn't like an absolute monster either. No, she, she isn't. She's, she's all right. Good looking, good looking lady. Mm. Um, yeah, like there you go. His wife, his wife seems reasonable enough as well. Like, uh, well, well I mean, she, she not his wife complete, anymore. She, she must be a, a complete bitch to be with him in the first place. But yeah, um, but yeah, she she didn't look like yeah, like you'd expect him to just have some proper, I don't know, yeah, like money hungry, evil looking wife. Yeah, but no. Likes, yeah, for the fact that he has two reasonable enough women feeling him is just an absolute miracle to me. Mental, absolutely mental. My favourite Hancock moment was when he pretended to cry on GMB, that that interview that he was doing with Piers Morgan. I think it, I think oh. I could be wrong. I think it was when the first vaccine that that Margaret Keenan bird was the first one to have the vaccine. Mm-hmm. I think he was interviewing him after that, and he was just. Yeah, like pretending to cry, but then they also kind of smiled. That's been memed as well. Yeah, that and it like it's yeah, it's uh, that was a, a sort. I always love it when sort of politicians try and pretend they're like human, um, and it yeah. just always it always backfires. And that was well, that was a prime example. Yeah, do you know what? Like this, this is one thing that just doesn't sit right for me about. Well, this is I'm going to proper deep it here, but this mm. is just like the thing about like socially constructed society that just that I despise about like in to be honest this is one thing about democracy as well that I just I, I despise is the fact that all the scandals that he's he's done the handshakes he's had the the backhand deals and then yeah just the smuttiness of him and the corruption and the cronyism all of that's happened and he resigns from his job in the cabinet and at the end of the day he's still an MP he still gets paid 86 grand a year and on top of that even if he did have to lose his his seat as an MP all the handshakes he's given to all his little pals, he's going to get a free pass in life now. He's going to get money coming out of his arse for the rest of his career, his life, whatever. He's sorted no matter what. And that is absolutely disgusting. Like, how is somebody who, like, I mean, we're trying to keep it lighthearted because of, like, funny moments, Matt Hancock, but I'm going to go there about him because it needs to be said. It's just disgusting that someone like this falls in shit and comes out smelling of roses because he's a fucking little twerp who's finessed the system and is just going to come out with a load of money from it. And it's it's horseshit. It's not fair. And then you get the papers just blaming, I don't know, immigrants and stuff for problems in society. When you get pricks like this, who actively fuck the British taxpayer over, and then they're, they're going to get a free pass. He'll be living in the Caribbean in 10 years from now or something, probably with another trophy wife that's going to be fitter than anything I've shagged in my life. And it's just, it's not right though, is it? Like, no, no. It's, it's fucking, it's wrong. I mean, I mean, I'm probably sounding jealous here. Like the point, no. of, I'm trying to make a joke of it, but the point of what I'm making is serious: that someone who is as fucking disgusting as evil as that is is just going to have a free pass for life now. Mm. And we as a society are just like, yeah, that's fine. 
like that's okay. And yeah, it's it's just wrong. It's just completely wrong. It is. No, I hundred percent agree with you there. It's uh it's quite stunning really how you can be such a horrible person and uh and still don't seem to be punished for it. It's no. It's crazy. Um, it's set up to pr- that, like you know me, I'm very much anti-establishment. I'm I'm quite well. I'm very left-wing in, in my views about society and e- economics and stuff. And yeah, I just think that it's society like the, the way that we are. We build our society. It just accepts this and it's allowed. And yeah, if you've got money and power, you can basically just do what you want and get away with it. Whereas the yeah, the little guy just gets flicked about and like it, yeah, people from foreign countries get blamed. And that's like just going on to the England thing as well. Like the England team last night, the whole country at the minute is united. I've not seen the country this together ever. But a lot of England fans get the reputation of being gammon and being racist or whatever. Seven of the 11 England team, right? If there was no immigrants in this country, seven of the starting 11 yesterday wouldn't have even played for England, including the captain, Harry Kane, who's going to go down as one of the greatest strikers to ever play for the country. Um, And everyone loves the whole team. No one's saying anything bad about the team. Everyone loves it. Yet... On the flip side, the next morning they get up and read the Sun and the Daily Mail, and it's like fucking immigrants. It's like, mate, seven ancestries, ancestors of immigrants have just got England to a final since first final since 1966, and you love them all. So how can you, in your small mind, not project that this is like it's just all horseshit of what you're reading, and you'll give someone like Matt Hancock a pass? But fucking hell, God forbid someone comes here from another country and becomes a doctor and tries to help people make a living and you don't want them here. And did you not see that thing about the NHS, the new NHS lady um, who's getting involved alongside Sazi Javid saying that she wants to end reliance on England's need for foreign doctors and nurses? That in itself, the, just the, the constant disdain towards foreign people is just crazy. Like... The amount of people who come here, and especially the NHS as well, because the wages here, I mean, they're probably slightly better than some of these places in Eastern Europe or whatever, but the wages aren't great here, and they get fucked over left, right, and centre, these nurses. But they still come here in the drones every year, now less because we're out of the EU. But um, they come here every year, and they just want to come and help people. And do you know what we do? We never give them pay rises. We fuck them over. Not on top of that, we get the right-wing press blaming them for our problems. It's just, it's one thing that will just forever anger me, and the press, for me, and the media are just—they're just evil. We need a—we need a genuine free press where, like, it should be illegal to lie in the press. And the thing is, they just lie and lie and lie, and they get away with it because half the time people can't afford to get the money together to sue the, the papers for telling these lies. So they just get away with it, and it's just the narrative that it drives is just yeah. I, I mean, I've gone off on a bit of a tangent to run about Matt Hancock, but I just feel like it needed to be said since we're on about Hancock, and yeah, that's yeah. my. My, my perception yeah. on the fact that he and amongst many others just get a free pass in life and, and our society accepts it and it's wrong. It is wrong. It's very wrong. I'm 100% I know what you mean. Um, yeah, yeah I, I can't really add anything to it. You, you've, you've hit the nail on the head, to be honest, mate. Um, we'll do a little update on the sweepstake because, like I said, it's... Uh, well, not, we've not really had an update on it because for the last two weeks, we've not actually... Um, done anything so obviously the first couple of the first with the group stage finished where the last 16 the quarterfinals and semis now we're only waiting the final which is on Sunday night uh, the league table looks like this I'll do it from bottom to top uh, just you know add a bit of suspense you know I'm sure people would have seen it already because I'll be putting it on the social media this is updated after the semi-final as well last night so um, I've, it's all updated so the, the bottom two joint rock bottom was Jack Dishington and Liam O'Brien with zero points. They both had Turkey and North Macedonia. Couldn't even get a point. Uh, unfortunate for them. 
Then 22nd was my dad's, actually. Uh, Terry, one point because he had Scotland. Um, unlucky. Unlucky to him. It's a top it stopping by, Tez. Yeah, cheers for stopping by, but no uh, no free beer for you. 21st, uh, Toby Skelton with two points. And then we have uh, joint 18th, Jack Lydiard, Luke Dyson and Pub Politics with four points. Um, to be fair to Pub Politics, they had Hungary and they were always destined to struggle to in that fair, group. They did all right, Jack, though. To be fair to Jack Lydiard as well, he's absolutely swept up in that... Um... The Euro thing that in we the do. Predictor. Yeah, actually, I, f- I f- completely forgot to predict the quarters or the semis. I'm second now, you know. I've, Are I've you? Yeah, man, smashing uh, it. I, oh, shit, mate. I've literally, I've I've completely ruined it. I don't know where <laughs> I am now. I've just lost the plot. Um, Harry Macbeth, 17th for six points. Jaren Ristry, 16th for seven points. Liam Mason, yourself, 15th with nine points. Not great. No, Portugal not great, out in the last 16. Mm. You were quite buzzing when you got them as well. Yeah, I'm pretty pretty fortunate. I got Italy in another one. Yeah, you did actually. Shit bag. I got Wales in your one, didn't I? Yeah, I think you did. Yeah, yeah. that didn't end well. Um, Dan Smith and Gareth Petman joint twelfth with twelve points. That's quite poetic. And then we're in the top the top half now of the league. Eleventh, Sam Hunter with fourteen points. Uh, joint eighth, three people: Ben Sinclair, Ross Duffy, and Ryan Baker, all with fifteen. And then seventh, James Mullaney with sixteen. Sixth, Emily Hewitson was 17. She did better than I thought. Yeah, yeah. Czech Republic did right. Fifth, Protestant Pirlo with 23. Fourth, Jamie Potter with 31. Third, Partner Politics with 32. I'll take third. I'll take third. And then we've got two lads who are joint top. They've obviously both got Italy and England. It's Harry Kremer and Stuart Clark, both on 51 points. Bang on. So it's it's head to head with the with the top two but also not forgetting we've got the bonus points for predicting um the winner and for predicting the golden glove and for predicting the golden boot jordan pitford's already won the golden glove and no one predicted jordan pitford would win the golden glove we had a lot of shouts for courtois larice uh one for a couple for donna rumor rui patricio was in there um so a couple of people put manuel neuer don't know why that wasn't a very good decision um but yeah no not a single person back jordan pickford for golden gloves so there you go uh no one gets extra bonus points for that uh as far as winners and and golden boots go uh obviously italy and england are the only two teams left and there's only just going through it now ben sinclair predicted england to win gareth petman predicted england to win harry Macbeth predicted italy to win pub politics predicted england to win Stuart Clark predicted Italy to win. Um, James Mullaney put England to win, and that's it. So there's only about six people who are still in the in with a shout for the winning. And to be fair, I think Stuart's in the best position with that because if Italy, even if Italy lose, England win and he's got England. If Italy win, he gets the points for England getting to the final, and he gets points for Italy winning because he predicted Italy would win. Mm-hmm. Harry Kremer, I don't know what he put actually. He put France to win, and he's put Lukaku as top goal scorer. Which who is the top goal scorer at the moment? Patrick Schick and Cristiano Ronaldo, isn't it? Is it? Are they joint the joint two. Harry Kane's one off. Right. Okay. So hang on. Let's have a little look. Player stats. Yeah, Kane. So the only players left in it. There's no Italy players who are really anywhere. Well, Immobile's got two, and so is, so is so is Chiesa. So yeah, uh, and Insignia Locatelli. 
and Pessina. So yeah, they were going to have to score hat tricks, which I, I mean, I hope doesn't happen. Um, but yeah, Harry Kane's got four goals. So has anyone, did anyone put Harry Kane to get the top scorer? Ben Sinclair, Jack Dishington, um, Sam Hunter put Kane. Did he? He did. He did. Um, that's it. So only a few people put Kane. So yeah, there we go. A lot of uh, we'll see. We'll see where the bonus points go, and we'll see how that alters the table. I can't believe I didn't put Italy with you for for the winners because I've literally like I stuck twenty quid on them to win it, and I've been telling everyone to put money on Italy before a ball was kicked, and then I think I said France to you. I don't even know why. Yeah, I think you did. I, I think, think a bit of peer, peer, peer pressure. What, like, how, what's the returns of Italy win? On that that got it at eleven to one. Good nice. odds on it for 20 quid. Period. And I've got them in a sweepstakes, so it'll be like over 300 quid if they win. But nice. I would happily watch every penny go up in smoke if it meant that England won that final, mate. Every yeah, penny. mate. It'd be unbelievable. I, I'm, I'm, I'm shitting myself, to be honest. I was shitting myself last night as it was, you know, with the whole... Oh, I thought we were quite shaky, but... Mm, um, I think it was the nerves of last night. I think mm. they'll be less nervous against Italy, as weird as it sounds, just because... Everyone expected them to beat Denmark. It's like, we have to beat Denmark, we're at home. Whereas the Italy game, if if England lose on Sunday, right, I'll obviously be gutted, but I'll hold my hands up and be like, fair play to Southgate, fair play to the lads. They've done well to get there. And if they lose to Italy, they probably have des- will have deserved to lose. And there's no shame in getting beat by Italy. No. So, like, yeah, whereas last night, it's like, if they'd been beat by Denmark, everyone yeah, been, yeah, yeah. Like, that yeah. would have been That would have been a shame, yeah. Oh, it'd, have been, it'd have been worse than the Croatia one. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I think you're probably right. Um, yeah, that's the thing. So we'll see. We'll see what happens on Sunday. Um, on the topic of football, staying on the topic of football, um, politics has been brought into the Euros quite a lot. Um, we've obviously spoken. We, I'm not. It's not with regard to like taking the knee and all that shit. That debate's been done into the ground. Um, but just with obviously, it's been a thing with like COVID and stuff. People have been going all these bloody football men gathering in their thousands and coughing all over each other and whatever mm-hmm. i saw i did see a thing this morning that said you know rising cases among men of a certain age has been linked to the football it doesn't really matter to be honest like who cares um so yeah i mean that's been sort of it's been used as a tool as football fans quite often are scapegoated as the issue uh for for sort of problems when in reality they're just having fun uh, and trying to enjoy themselves um obviously as well the other thing i was going to mention uh, England fans have been have been slagged off quite heavily um, for booing national anthems. I think was one that was particularly a thing. Uh, a lot of people were upset that we boo national anthems, like the Scottish national anthem, the German national anthem, got booed. Um, what are your thoughts, Liam, potentially on, on on the people who who sort of like? I don't know. I don't know how to des- I don't know how to describe them. I guess I guess the people who who, who enjoy the opportunity to criticise England fans. Um, and what do you make? What do you make specifically? I guess as well of like of the whole like respect thing. People say it's you know it's disrespectful to boo the national anthem of another right. country. Some, so, I've even seen some people claim it's racist actually. But yeah, go right, on. Nah, it's not right. So my opinion, it's not racist, is it? Fuck racist. Um, my opinion on it, right, is yeah, I do think it's disrespectful to boo a national anthem. Someone else says I personally wouldn't boo someone's national anthem. But equally, we live in a free country where you can express your opinion on something however you want, and. Um, even though I don't agree with it. It's like, I had a conversation with someone the other day, he was on about, oh, um, there was that sports person in America, that, that uh, black lady, and she turned her back to the American flag yeah. when she won a race. And he was like, this is fucking disgusting, and all this proper gammon. And I was like, listen, I was like, 
I personally wouldn't turn my back on the England flag because I like I like England. I'm happy with 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 the country. I wouldn't turn my back on the flag. But do I have a problem with her doing it? Well, she's obviously got some sort of beef with with it, so she's turned her back on it. That's it's up to her. And there's that same person I guarantee would be in a stadium booing the German national anthem. And it's like you're more than happy to kick off about someone else doing something like that against their, their, the state, should we call it? Yeah. But you will boo another state's national anthem and be like, "Oh well, it's only banter." And yeah, it probably is just banter. That's fine. Like it's football, isn't it? Like people act like knobheads at football. They always have and they always will. Yeah. I personally wouldn't boo someone else's national anthem, but do I care if other people do it? Not really. Is it disrespectful? Yes. Am I asked? No. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. Like it's it's the whole thing. Like it's it's just I think it is mostly banter. Like it's it's not like it's just a, a sort of wind up. You know, that's what football is at the end of the day. It's all yeah. You go to a game, you stand that you go to an away game or something. You stand in the home fans. You you know give them a bit of shit and that during the game, and you know you go home. You know if you, if you saw these people, what people don't forget, what people don't realize as well is the majority of behavior at football is antisocial behavior. Like yeah, even just like you wouldn't like walk down the street and like shout who are you at some random person. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's it's like. You know what I mean? It's all antisocial behaviour. It's not. Yeah. It's not just. Obviously, there it is. There's varying extents to it. But you know, people act at football. The point I'm trying to make is people act at football differently to how they would act in normal life. You, you like I say, you might be over the segregation to another, another fan. Uh, you know, from from somewhere, and you might be, you know, giving them a wanker sign or whatever, mm. or you know, taking the piss. Um, and then you know, a week later, you might have to, you know, do. A, do business with this person or something like that. You know, you, you're yeah. working together on a, on a business. It's, it's project, a show, isn't it? Like football, football's entertainment. It's a show. Like it's like um, I mean, loads of football players have said it. When when like a, an opposition player comes, they throw in everyone's like, "Fuck off, you knobhead!" If you saw him in the street, you wouldn't just shout, "Fuck off, you knobhead!" Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. like I mean, I don't know. You might do something well, take it yeah. to, to the extreme. Um, I personally wouldn't shout across the street at football if I saw him in the street, fuck off, you know, but, but I would happily do it inside the stadium. I do it yeah. regularly. Everyone does it. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. part of the show, isn't it? And I'm sure, the, I reckon most players, they, they quite enjoy it. Yeah. Like, if you listen to like a Gary Neville or someone like that, when he's like, the best thing about going to Anfield when he played for United was the shit that he'd get from the cop because he'd be giving it back as well. And it's, it's, it's entertainment, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So, it is. And, and yeah, they're booing the national anthem. I reckon if it was at like, I don't know, the cricket or something where it's typically not antisocial or like if you was at the Olympics, you wouldn't get fans booing other national anthems. It is very much like the football culture, especially mm. in England where we are. We are knobheads, mate. Like England fans are knobheads. Like there's no, I don't think there's anyone who's going to try and tell, like try and, argue the fact that England fans are not complete pieces of shit because they are, but that's almost what makes it even funnier because they like thrive off being twats. Yeah, like yeah. whenever we go all over Europe playing these teams, both club and country, our fans are just knobheads, mate. So are, are people surprised that we boo the team's national anthems? Like, I don't think they're doing, I don't think it's as deep as people are making out. I think they no. are just doing it because it's like off-putting or it's like, we're just trying to live up to that knobhead mantra. In, in in regards to like, oh, they're doing it because it's like, oh, they don't like these other people. It's I don't think it's as deep as that. No, it isn't. It is. It's just a case of being a twat, like for a laugh. Yeah, this is what I mean. It, 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 that sums it up quite nicely, I think. You know, it's it's like I say, it's, it's behaviour that you wouldn't normally do. And obviously, at the Olympics, like you say, you wouldn't do that. No. If you're a football fan at the Olympics, you're not going to stand there and uh, you know boo the German national anthem or whatever. Oh. Um, 
but yeah, it's it's like I say, it's all just a bit of sort of tongue in cheek kind of thing. It's mm. it's it's all a bit of banter. I think I think people need to stop taking it so seriously. Really, it's um, the amount of like tweets I see as well. People being like, ah, oh, like just making football so political for no reason. Like I, I don't, I'm not averse to politics being involved in football. But I saw a tweet as well the other day that was um, that was like out of the last four. It was like, oh, something like, oh, like one of the, like Spain or or something. It was something about monarchies or something like that. And it was like, oh, Denmark's the only republic or something. Or is Italy the only republic? I don't know. Or and it was like this is who I'm gonna be supporting or whatever. Just oh. it's a load of shit. Like honestly, it's just it's just funny. And like I think England fans especially, I think we do thrive off the fact that like people hate us. Like I think it's I think it's funny. Like I like it so much. I love the fact that Scotland fans have been changing the flags in their bio for the last four rounds to a team that's playing against so they've had Germany, they've had Ukraine, they've had Denmark, and now they're gonna have Italy. I, I find that hilarious. And like there was a there was a graph I saw on um on Twitter yesterday. It was like a map kind of thing. And it was uh it was like all the different countries and stuff um in Europe and who they'll be supporting for the Denmark England game and every single country except England was supporting Denmark I just yeah. thought that sums it up for me how and this is why I want us to do well so much because it means so much to the people in this country um but also it means a lot to people in other countries because they'll hate it so much mm-hmm. and like it, I think it's just it, we just thrive off it and you know as far as I think the people who like to sort of engage in political commentary over football uh, and, you know, try and add a political swing where it's not needed are people who actually don't understand football culture and, mm. and football fans at its core. I feel like as well, right, I feel like the, the British game has, has sort of cleaned up its act a little bit in regards to, to like, bad chanting. So stuff like, in, in my opinion, stuff like 10 German bombers, it's just, it's a daft chant, it's banter though. Booing national anthems is banter. When I was younger, I remember, and this was only, what, like 10 years ago, I remember stuff be like, get your tits out for the lads being sang to women at football. I remember thinking, like, people always famously sing to Blackpool, you can shove your fucking tower up your arse. I remember years ago, mate, Blackpool fans used to sing, oh, I'd rather have a tower than a mosque at teams who had big Asian areas. I've, I grew up hearing that. I heard stuff at Brighton about, does your boyfriend know you're here? Stuff like that. That was only, what, like eight, nine years ago. Like, And now, I don't think that you would hear that. No, so, you wouldn't, no. like, like, football, like, British football fans in general sort of clean up the act in regards to discriminate, like discriminatory chants against people. But, mm. like, the banter culture of stuff like, yeah, singing stupid songs about the war and stuff. If you, like... Focus on the things that are actually bad, like the things that I've just that those three chants that I've just said there, like they are actually discriminatory and mm. they shouldn't be sang. Like, I mean, people probably stick singing in the comfort of their own home now, like taking the piss or whatever. But yeah, yeah. actually, at the games, you wouldn't hear that sang by a lot of people now, which no. I think is probably a good thing because it's like it is it is bad. But you've got to draw a line with like you are still going, like mainly blokes are going to the football. They've had a load of beers and they want to have banter with another big group of blokes from another team. Mm. So they're just, they are going to sing stupid things like 10 German bombers or boo national anthems or blah, 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 just to be dicks because that is kind of what is part and parcel with the British football game is yeah. Just giving other people shit basically. Yeah, that's that's it. Like, it's, it's, I don't have a problem with the whole banter side as long as it doesn't overstep the mark, like the three chances. Yeah, just yeah, done. yeah, yeah. Of course, I know exactly what you mean. It's um, yeah, it, it's a case of just people, like I say, taking football far too seriously and ta- well, taking like fan culture far too seriously. Mm. I think it's, I, I, I think you know, it's to sort of finish this sort of segment on a positive note. I think it's fantastic to see how how happy 
everyone is uh it's just sort of it's just a lovely atmosphere in the country you know it's you know walking back home from the pub yesterday it was just you know cars beeping their horns everywhere you know everyone was just start singing england songs at each other it was it was quality you know it was it was just such a good laugh and and everyone just seems more upbeat everyone just seems happier uh, and like, especially Everyone after talk about it, yeah, literally, especially after the last few months we've had as well. Like, this was my, my biggest fear before the Euros was like, if we if we did shit, I was like, I can't be bothered because it's just such a anti climax. If we like, you build up to this competition for however long, and then you and you let us down. And honestly, they haven't let us down at all. Uh, and like you say, even if we get to the final um, and don't win. Then I mean, obviously, like I say, I'll I'll be very I'll be gutted, of course, because this is the closest up we'll I think we will get for a, quite a few years. Mm. Um, but you know, it's just one of them things, isn't it? You yeah, got you got to accept it, and it's, no one, it's yeah. No, no one can say that they haven't give it their all, and we've it's been no. a fantastic summer watching the lads. Yeah, it's the best in my lifetime watching a, an international tournament. Growing mm. up, it was shit. Every time they got knocked out on penalties or whatever, and this is the one time where. We've just we've looked good. We've played well. Everyone's been behind it. And the best thing that I love about international tournaments is the fact that like people who never watch football watch. Yeah, England I'm glad you said that because I was going to say that. Yeah, yeah, like like you get like um, even people who I work with like all year, like some of the girls I work with, they couldn't give a shit about football through the year. And then I come in, uh, I come into work the other day, and this this girl Charlotte, she's called. She's just gone like, "You watch an England game?" Like, "Oh, I'm proper buzzing. I've been proper following." It. It's like even yeah. little conversations like that. It's like everyone is buzzing, man. And yeah. just thank God that they've done well this one time. It's what we needed yeah. as a country. We definitely needed it. It's quite, It's great to see. It is great to see. Um, yeah, I think we'll wrap it up there, to be honest. Um, it's coming home. It is coming home. That's that's the that's the takeaway message from, from this episode. Um, Liam, thank you very much for joining me, mate. I appreciate uh, you, you taking the time and being ever reliable. No problem, mate. Anytime. Um, and I'll see you on Sunday, mate. <laughs> You on Sunday for the big one, man. Class, mate. I'm but I am I'm buzzing, but I'm also shit in my pants. So oh. we'll see. We'll see. A few beers will sort it out though. Um yeah, all right. Thank you very much for yeah. listening. Really appreciate your support. Um, sorry that we weren't with you for the last couple of weeks, but we will be back doing weekly episodes. Uh we'll get a couple of guests booked in and things like that. So obviously the Euros and things is a bit hectic at the moment. Um and work's a bit hectic for me as well at the moment. So you know we'll we'll get stuff going. Um we'll keep it going and we'll try and try. I can't speak properly. I'll turn into Jonathan Ross then we'll try and bring you some uh you know exciting content and stuff for you to go for you to get engaged with uh you know trying to grow the platform a little bit over summer while I've not got uni as a distraction. Um yeah, thank you very much for joining us. This has been episode number 31. Um, really appreciate your support. As I said before, uh, we'll be back again. Oh, wait, I didn't do the socials, did I? See, I haven't done this in a few weeks, so I forgot to mention the socials. We are at a Pint of Politics on Twitter, Pint of Politics on Instagram, uh, and also TikTok. And then we're Pint of Politics on Facebook and LinkedIn. We've got a website, www.pintofpolitics.wordpress.com. Thank you very much for listening. Take care, and we will speak to you again next week.